Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the James Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and to overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. And wow, we got an absolutely fantastic show coming your way today. We got this absolutely fantastic guest that's going to talk to us and educate us and, and inspire us that everything is possible. If you can think about it, if you can think, if you can see it here or you can think about it and you really put some serious thought, these thoughts become blessings. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about all of these great things that this uh, young man uh, bring to the table with his new book. And I'm excited to have him on the show. You know, so, but as you know, I cannot even start a show without bringing my executive producer and co-host on, Dr. Michelle Cooley. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm really excited about the guests we're having on the show today. I know you got a chance to um, have a little conversation with him, but he's got so much to tell us. Uh, such an uplifting story, and um, we're really excited. But um, the temperature is not as crazy hot as it is today like it was. I mean, it's still 99 degrees, <laughs> but before it was like 108, 109. Hey, that 8 or 9 degrees does make a difference. It really does. But, uh, you know, but I'm just raring to go to the show today. Yeah, we, Michelle talked about we're in Dallas. Uh, we're in Dallas, and we'll be back in California in about a week and a half. And I, I get a chance to you know, head to the studios, hang out with Kevin and Todd this time. So looking forward to it. But, uh, Michelle, I'm excited about the show. I'm excited about the topic. I'm excited about everything that this young man brings uh, with his new writings, his books, and just uh, uh, him as, as a man of God. So wherever you're watching this at, if you watch it on E360 Television Transfer TV, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, over 35 other live streaming networks, all you have to do is just go to uh, comments and ask any questions. If you listen to it on the radio, all you have to do is that one 2473 Michelle, will you do the honors and letting our viewers and listeners know the title of the show, the purpose of the show, and introduce this absolutely wonderful guest? Oh, most definitely. So the title of today's show is called Blessings in the Street. And we're going to have a conversation with relationship strategist, author, speaker, and instructor Joseph B. Roberts. We're going to discuss his book, Blessings in the Street, and the inspiration behind it. And also he has a podcast called Blessings in the Street. And we're going to talk about that. And he's going to talk about a couple of things, you know, faith and how, you know, how do you build a relationship with the Lord? So let's tell you a little bit about Joseph B. Roberts. Joseph B. Roberts, again, he's known as a relationship strategist. He is fully committed to share with all in his reach that only relationships which are rooted in God can be expected to survive and thrive with an MS degree in education and social policy from Northwest University, multiple years of experience in management, and his servant leadership role as an ordained deacon, Joseph has realized ongoing success in impacting the work and personal lives of many, be being transparent about his own life journey and the challenges that come along with it. So please welcome to the show, Joseph B. Roberts. Welcome to the show, Joe. Thank you so How much. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Happy to be here. Right. It's an absolute pleasure having you on, man. Uh, I know I chatted with you about a week and a half ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. By the way, I think it was your birthday, your wife's birthday or anniversary or something. Yes. Congratulations. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was our it was our birthday the last time we talked. We were so I was, of course, I already had some things in the mix for that. So um that was the only reason why I didn't catch you sooner. Uh, but you know, I couldn't I couldn't cancel that. I'd be in the doghouse. So we couldn't oh, have that happen. So. <laughs> you know, so welcome to the show, my friend. Can you tell our viewers and listeners uh, a little bit more about you, where you grew up, where you was born? And yes. uh, just tell them what makes you click. Man. So, um, again, Joseph B. Roberts, uh, I was born and raised in Chicago, Illinois, Chi-Town, Southside, um, and I basically grew up in a two-bedroom apartment, small, you know, small little apartment. It was myself, my mom, and my grandmother. 
uh, together in that little bit apartment. But, um, you know, we, it was a good it was a good experience. I mean, we didn't have much financially, of course. But, you know, when you have a tight knit family like that, the one that I experienced in having with my mother and my grandmother, uh, you, you don't you don't get caught up in the thinking, you know, or realizing that you don't have a lot because the, the love and the family makes you feel like anything that you're lacking is substituted by that. So grew up in Chicago uh, basically until and stayed there until I was into my mid 20s before I would ultimately relocate, uh, spend some time in Indianapolis. Uh, actually, for about 17 and a half years, I lived in Indianapolis. That is, of course, where I had an opportunity to meet my wife and um, and actually have my daughter in Indianapolis before ultimately in 2013, we relocated uh, and made our way to Dallas. And this is where I reside today. Um, just living life, one of the best decisions I could have ever made. And um, so, you know, it's, it's just been a great ride. You know, uh, never imagined that, you know, I would go through those transitions. But here I am today and and just in that space and place now where I'm, I'm trying to do everything I can to walk within my calling that God has on me. You know, you, you in your early years, you pursued a career and, and all that good stuff. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, uh, it's, it's been a blessing throughout my career, you know, years, uh, you know, over time. But ultimately, you know, there's a part of you that needs to be fulfilled in a different way that only God can fulfill you in. And so now I'm transitioning into that space more and more opportunities like this, opportunities to write a book and just to pour back into the lives of others in an encouraging and inspiring way as God would have me to do so. So that's the space and place that I'm in right now. And just, again, excited to be here and, and share a little bit more about what that journey has been like with me. Wow. Yeah, you you mentioned something that that's so key to Michelle and I, and hopefully everybody is, you know, living and walking and at the light of the Lord, you know, so uh, he's going to guide and lead us. And that's so important in, in any decisions and anything that we do. It's so important that uh, we follow our Lord and Savior, but that's just us. And hopefully everybody is doing that, you know, so. Joseph, uh, how did uh, your family and community inspire you to be the person that you are today? Uh, that's a good question. Um, as I stated, um, it was just in in the household. Growing up, it was myself, my mom, and my grandmother. So I'm a product of a single parent household. Um, and I and I, one of the first things that I you know stories that I mentioned in my book is the fact that you know my mother knew going in that she was going to be a single parent because I I am a product of uh, an extramarital affair. Um, my, my dad was a little bit older than my mom and, and, you know, she, she kind of got caught up in the moment of the, of the, of the, the relationship and come, you know, what comes out of that, of course, is me, a son. And, uh, so now she found herself having to raise me. Like I said, we didn't have a lot of money, but thankfully, you know, my grandmother was there. And, and, and that's one of the stories that I mentioned in the book too, is it's really interesting because my mother was initially a little nervous about sharing with my grandmother that she was even pregnant with me. And the, the turning point in that story, when my mom finally did share with her, she says, you know, she tells my grandmother, you know, Hey, I'm expecting. And to her surprise, my grandmother says, well, if the dog can eat, so can that baby. And so, you know, that 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 sets the tone about what what it means for family to just kind of come together and and, you know, and be one unit, even in the midst of what was already a challenging time for the two of them before me coming to, into the picture. Because, like I said, they didn't have a lot of money to work with. They were already struggling. And now you have another mouth to feed. But, you know, in terms of how that shaped me as a person, you know, my mom, you know, even though she was on her own, she made it a point to to really make sure that I was in position to to be great in life. And so there were three key things that she focused on with me. Uh, first off, uh, it had to do with setting boundaries. So, you know, I'm a kid from the 70s. So, you know, growing up in Chicago, I, I, I grew up under the, you know, the streetlight rule. You know, those lights start to flickering on, you better be heading home. I, I was I was limited as to how far I could go any direction. So I wasn't allowed to just sort of wild out and and just do whatever I wanted to do and go anywhere I wanted to. She wanted to make sure that I was, you know, safe and within a, you know, a specific boundary. So I wouldn't just, you know, again, get caught up in, in unnecessary foolishness of the streets. Also, my mom was very big on education. So, again, I wasn't allowed to, you know, take school for granted. I was expected to put forth my best effort in school. Um, I literally, as a kid, used to have to leave my homework out on the table. She would check it. And if she checked it and something was wrong or or if even if it was sloppy, 
I was I may get awakened out of the bed to do it right. So it was setting that standard. But then, of course, the, probably the, the the third and most important part of it was that she made sure that at an early age I had a relationship with God. And so going to church was something that was a a thing that, you know, it wasn't a discussion. You were you were going to go. And, and not only were you going to be there, you were going to be uh, fully attentive to the, the, the sermon, the, the praise and worship and all of that. You know, it's not like today where kids, you know, go to church and they're allowed to bring video games or play on their phones and just just sitting there just to just pass the time. No, you had to be actively engaged and paying attention. So I think when you combine those three things together, it really positioned me to be on a path to have a have a legitimate shot because we know what the world is like and we know that the world already has this projected view of what a young black man, especially the young black man of a single black teen oh, oh, mom. Oh, oh, hold that though. Hold that mm-hmm. though. We gotta take a station break. Oh, absolutely. But I want you to hold that though. A young black man of a single uh, mother. You know, so uh, a lot of people don't know what that is. But we're gonna take a station break. We're gonna absolutely. pick it up and we're gonna come back and I tell you, uh, we just getting off into the getting the understanding of Joseph B. Robinson. I think you want to be part of the conversation, one 7273 or go to the platform that you listen on and just ask any question. It's your life, and we'll see you shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. Hi, I'm Todd Purick, the producer of The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join James as he shares his true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by Dr. James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Dr. James Cooley is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. Dr. Cooley is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, Dr. James Cooley. Welcome back to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. And I'm just sitting here just uh, just uh, getting a better understanding of this absolutely fantastic guest that we got on today. We're talking about Mr. Joseph B. Roberts. And uh, I, I tell you, he's just educating us and telling us a little bit about uh, life in general, especially from a single mother perspective uh, and just uh, having kids and not having a whole lot, but you always got family and family is always there uh, to help bring you in, help raise you, help comfort you, help you understand what it's going to require to make it in life. And so I, I tell you, so and that's what we talk about right now. And if you want to be part of the conversation, all you have to do is just go to whichever platform you're watching this on, 
or on radio that you're listening on and just join into the conversation. Mr. Roberts, I want to pick it back up uh, where we left off at because you were saying that, uh, you know, being born into a, a single mother and, and everybody had to do certain things, especially when it comes to educating and making sure that uh, we're doing what we're supposed to do to help uh, build our foundation. And you said uh, many times you had to leave your your homework on the table to make sure uh, that someone was going to check it, but they're going to check it in. Mm-hmm. Can you pick yeah. it up from that? Yes, absolutely. Like I said, you know, my mom was big on education. She was big on setting those boundaries as far as where, where I can go and what I could do. And then of course, big on incorporating uh, me having a relationship with God. And so as I was sharing earlier before the break, you know, going to church uh, was not an option. It was something that was expected of you. You were expected to be uh, fully attentive. You were expected to participate. You were expected to, to learn from it. And so when I think about that foundational basis of church, that foundational basis of having a good education, that, find that, that foundational basis of just having boundaries set for you, it positioned me in such a way to, to become the man that I am. It allowed me a, a chance, a fighting chance, because when you grow up in an inner city neighborhood and particularly grow up in an inner city neighborhood as a young black man of a, of a, of a young black teen mom, you know, the, the world's perspective, the world's uh, stats say that, you know, kids like me don't make it. Um, kids like me get caught up in that street life. And there was plenty of street life like that around me growing up. There were drugs, there were gangs, there were, you know, a lot of foolishness and mayhem that you could have gotten into. But because my mother created that setting for me to allow me to have a, again, have a fighting chance, I was able to be one of the ones who was fortunate enough to, you know, step around all of those things. Now, quite honestly, some of my friends didn't. Um, I, I have friends who, you know, didn't quite make it the same way that I did. And, ultimately may have found themselves in the you know, correctional system or in some instances, um, unfortunately, found themselves in a grave at an early age. One of my very best friends growing up was, was killed in a drive by shooting when he was 17 years old, just sitting out in front of the house in, you know, in his car. Um, so when you see things like that, I, I can't help but to thank God and be blessed, uh, you know, and, and grateful at the fact that my mom had the foresight and, and, and thought through it enough to know that, hey, my son is already going to have the world coming at him. Let me put him in the best position to be able to fight the good fight and be able to make it through and navigate through. And as a result, I was able to complete my education. I was able to go on to college. I was able to get my bachelor's degree and ultimately able to get my master's degree and and live long enough to to have a life where I would get married and become a father and have a career and and write a book someday and be on platforms like this. Things that I couldn't have imagined or even understood why my mom was doing things the way that she was doing. You know, sometimes you feel like you're taking my fun away or you're you're being too protective. But now as you get older and and you're more seasoned with the journey of life, you understand, oh, this was necessary. This was all to, to get you where you need to be. But more importantly, God was behind it all along because it wasn't supposed to work out, at least according to worldly standards. But according to godly standards, that's a whole different ballgame that we're discussing here. And so here I am able to testify, able to share my story today as a result of him and and, and of him putting into my mom what she needed to know to be the best mother that she could be. Wow. You are a relationship strategist. Can you tell uh, our viewers and listeners exactly what that is? Yes. Uh, I think what's key to understanding about this the concept of the relationship strategist, this was something, of course, that I came up with as my is my name, you know, as my tagline, if you will, um, to who I am. And what I want people to understand about relationship strategists, it's more than it's more about um how you function than it is about a particular title or position. You don't like grow up to quote unquote, be a relationship strategist. This is not something that you study um, in school to get a degree in relationship strategies. When I speak about relationship strategies, what I'm talking about from my perspective is I am someone who has grown to understand that in order, again, as, as was mentioned in the introduction, in order for your relationships to strive and thrive, I don't care who those relationships are with. I don't care what the relationship is with. If you, in order for that to strive and thrive, God has to be the foundational basis of it all. So when I call myself the relationship strategist, what I'm saying to you is that when you, enge- when you engage with me, whether it's in a speaking format, whether it's in an instructional format, whether it's in a leadership format, the way I carry myself, the way I conduct myself, it's all going to be driven by the application of godly principles. It's a lifestyle more so than it is a position or a title. And so when I, when I do have opportunities to, let's just say, for example, to leave, which I've had an opportunity to do that. Uh, for for decades, you know, I always, you know, took pride in 
meeting people where they are, but more importantly, being able to pour into people in a way that's about uplifting and encouraging them and supporting them and doing and treating them in a way that God would have for me to treat them, not just treating them like a stat on a report, not just treating them as a random employee. The same goes into being a father. You know, I want my daughter to feel comfortable to be able to come to me about anything, not feeling like that she comes to me where there's this judgment zone that's in place, but that she can come and be her true, authentic self. Tell me how she feels. Tell me what's going on. And I can relate and pour into her accordingly. Same happens as a spouse. Same happens when you're dealing with your finances. Same happens when you deal with your friendships. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. When you are a relationship strategist, from the perspective that I'm speaking of, you are living a life that is in alignment with how God would call for you to live your life and how he would call for you to conduct yourself. Now, as I say all of this, am I here to tell you that I'm perfect? No. Am I here to tell you that I don't, you know, make mistakes sometimes, slip up? We all do because none of us are perfect. But I'm always able to come back to that base, that principle, because because of that relationship with God, I know that even in my slip ups and my missteps, he's always there to dust me off. He's always there to pick me up and say, hey, let's give this another try, Joe. We're going to get it better next time. We're going to do it right the next time. And just knowing that and having that reassurance means all the it means everything to me. And it, and it keeps me encouraged. It keeps me motivated to continue to try, continue to fight, to continue to just be a better version of who I can be. But at the same time, representing God, especially again, especially in these days and times where you think about corporate America or school spaces where the discussion of God is taboo. It's, for, you know, it's, you know, well, we don't do that here. Well, I don't have to. I don't have to walk around the workplace. I don't have to walk around anybody's school or any other place carrying my Bible in hand. All I have to do is walk in a way that is that mirrors who God is. And I and I have the same effect and I can reach everybody, whether you are a, a, a person who goes to church seven days a week or whether you are an atheist. You still get that experience from me either way, because that's how I'm carrying myself. That's how I'm conducting myself. And that's what I'm radiating to you, hopefully, in a way that it touches you, it inspires you, it encourages you to to be a better person, to be um more again, more in alignment with who God is and what he calls for all of us to be. Wow. Well put, my friend. Well put. Let's talk about your book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you and I in the green room chatted a little bit about that. Uh, can you tell our viewers and listeners who inspired you and what inspired you to just carry on, finish the job and write this remarkable book? Absolutely. So the book is called Blessings in the Streets, When God Leverages Our Valley Experiences. And so the the concept of the book actually originally stems from a conversation that I had with my mother um, about a year and a half, two years prior to her passing. Uh, she she and I were literally just sitting around. I was in her bedroom with her one day. And we were just sitting around hanging out, talking. And she just started reflecting on life. And she says to me, you know, people would be really surprised, amazed at uh, all of the experiences, the things that I've been through, the things that I've overcome, challenges I face, etc. And she says, you know, I really believe I should write a book about that. You know, I, I think that I have a story to tell. And of course, I'm in agreement with us. Like, yeah, you, you know, I, the things I've experienced with you, the things that you've shared. Absolutely, you do. And she says, you know what? And I know exactly what I would call it. I would call it blessings in the streets. And I was like, OK, that would be that would be awesome. And, and, and the thing about the blessings in the streets in particular, that that title, it wasn't something that she just randomly came up with. That was that was actually a saying that my mother used to use quite often to reference those those encounters, those experiences that she would oftentimes have when she was out and about in the streets, whether it was at the store, at the mall, you know, wherever, where she would encounter people who didn't know her. She they didn't you know, she didn't know them. But somewhere along the line, they would be drawn to her. It would engage into a conversation. And in the end, they would be blessing her in some fashion or form. And throughout my book, I share a multitude of some of those type of stories that I'm speaking to. But that's what she would say. You know, I had another blessings in the streets moment. I had another blessings in the streets moment. It was her way of testifying God's grace and mercy and how he uses people and uses circumstances to to be a blessing to you. And so that's where that title comes from. And so when my mom passed about a year after she passed, I actually was just sitting around thinking about her, you know, reminiscing. But that particular conversation came up in my in my memory and I just couldn't shake it for days. And so I, I talked to a couple of people about it because what was coming over me was the thought of maybe my mother was not, never intended to write the book. Perhaps I was supposed to be the one to write this book. And so I, I talked to a couple of people about it that knew that she was interested in writing the book. And, and all of them who, who responded to me said, you know what? I, I totally agree. I think you're you're absolutely right. You should write that book. And that's where it it was birthed. And so I got a laptop and because I didn't have a laptop at the time and I 
pulled up a Word doc and I started typing. <laughs> Hold that though. Hold on, we yep. gotta take a station break. Uh, but I, I want to come back and I, I want to hear all about this. And this is a such an exciting interview, and I know that you will enjoy it as well. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you want to be part of the conversation, one eight six six five seven seven two four seven three, or go to the platform that that you on. Ask any question that you might have. I promise you to get your an answer. Is your life. We'll see you shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. There's much truth in a journey that ain't over yet. As all of us journey through life's precious gift of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm Todd Pyrrhic, the producer of The James Cooley Show. It's your life. And in the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join James as he shares his true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must listen for anyone who thinks they're stuck in life or needs to understand that their current situation is not their final destination. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet, is the unfiltered truth to provide hope for the future by challenging you to refuse to become a victim of life's circumstance and dare to become an overcomer because a bigger, better, and more impactful life awaits you. Get the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by Dr. James Cooley on Amazon or wherever books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Hi, I'm Todd Pyrrhic, the producer of The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join James as he shares his true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by Dr. James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Dr. James Cooley is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. Dr. Cooley is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, Dr. James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, and I just sit here just enjoying this conversation with Mr. Joseph B. Robinson. I tell you, so inspiring. And, you know, it, this guy's uh, with the radio television voice, you can tell he's been doing this for a, a, a lot of years, and it's just a, a total professional at this. You know, so, <laughs> you know, Joseph, I want to talk a little bit more about a blessing in the street. And I, I know I know you were explaining to us what inspired you to do that. And, and, and uh, do you feel uh, that since you got this out there that you carried out a legacy that your mother had birthed with that thought? If so, tell us about it. Uh, yes, I absolutely do. I mean, when I when I wrote the book, uh, for me, it was it was it was a it was dedication to her, um, the mother that she was, the the woman that she was, the friend that she was. Uh, as I share with you, my mother and I could it couldn't have been any closer um, than a mother and son could be. I mean, we've we we've we've shared so much together. We've hugged it out. We've cried it out. We've just been there for each other when. Um, nobody else was. We, we've shared some of our happiest moments and some of our darkest moments together. And so, you know, this was an honor to her. This was to recognize who she was and what she meant to me. It was to honor that memory. And so absolutely, it was it was it was a legacy moment uh, for me to to fulfill what she had set forth in her mind of wanting to do. And like I said, I never, I, you know, because prior to that, I never had an aspiration to be an author. Uh, I've always been pretty decent at writing, but never did I imagine putting together a book. So for this to be my first book, uh, that's special. And to know the, the, 
the significance behind it, the storyline behind it to that it's honoring my mother and our relationship and and the things that she's gone through and the things that some of the things that I've gone through and just blending that all together in a very, like I said, a very transparent and authentic way. It just means the world. And, you know, even my daughter, you know, had a chance to read the book. She's only 15, you know, but there were things that she had an opportunity to learn about her grandmother and to learn a little bit about me and what that relationship was like. It just adds another layer to it all. So, um, and, and explains even some of her personality and what she's made of and and, you know, and, and why she thinks the way she does and certain mannerisms that she has that she's gotten directly from her grandmother. You know, so it, it, it's been an awesome experience, man. And I just um, I, I loved every bit of the process. And and, and it's a, and it's about extending it beyond the book, you know, touching other lives and and connecting and meeting people where they are, because, you know, people who have read the book, you know, oftentimes, particularly, you know, most many of my readers um, have been, you know, female readers. And, you know, they, they oftentimes come to me and say how much they identify with some of the stories that I've shared, you know, about my mom. And, you know, they're like, I, I, I feel that I relate to that. And that's exactly what I was hoping that they would that they would, you know, be able to identify and understand and, and feel that that emotion, whatever that emotion was. But more importantly, even if it wasn't the emotion that you would have desired to feel, just knowing that, you know, God was, again, there all along, um, even when it didn't feel like it, even if even it didn't look like it. He was always there, always loving on her, always watching over her, always watching over me. And, and so it gives people hope. It gives people, you know, that encouragement that they need to know that even in, during difficult times, that there's still an opportunity to to rebound, to be redeemed, to to, to have that bounce back moment, if you will, and, and be okay. Um, and just understanding that this is just a part of the process. That whole journey is just, it's what we have to deal with. It's what we have to go through. It's not a matter of if, but when the storms are going to come, you know, but more importantly, how do we respond in those storm moments? And when you have that relationship with God that I speak to, and when you think about my, you know, my, um, my subtitle, when God leverages our valley experiences, it's the opportunity to turn over that situation to God and let him flip that thing, flip what looks like a dark, you know, insurmountable moment and, and watch it turn into a blessing. It's just a phenomenal thing. And it's not something that you could just tell people about because you read it in a book. You know, it's one of those things, you know what you know, because you've experienced it personally. And to be able to share that um, it was just, you know, so empowerful, so meaningful to me, um, not only on behalf of my mother, but even on behalf of myself. So, wow. You know, so uh, why is it important to rely on God's, you know, relationships opposed to human relationships? Well, I'm not here to say that you can't rely, you know, you can't be dependent upon people. Because, again, remember, if you, if you think back to earlier when I said, you know, in order for your relationships to strive and thrive, God has to be a part of it. So, you know, the thing about God that makes him so special is that his record is unblemished. He's, you know, he's undefeated. And so, you know, leaning into him, trusting in him, counting on him to help you navigate life and and make sound decisions and things of that sort is so impactful. It's so it's so powerful because again, that that's a guarantee victory for you. Now, you know, God understands that we are in our human sense because we can't see him. Um, he has also has the ability to put us in position to connect with people who are in alignment with his thinking, who are also in relationship with him. So, again, that's why I say, you know, even with your relationship with friends, you know, it's not so much about you having hundreds of friends. You can have a select few. But if they're on that same path, if they also have a relationship with God, if they also value and understand the significance of that, then now what God has done is he's placed a circle around you of people who you can call on, you can rely upon, people who you can be vulnerable with people who won't judge you, people who will keep it real with you when, you know, when you need that sound advice, they'll actually tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. But they'll even in that moment, they'll do it in a loving, uh, authentic, uh, significant way that's going to benefit you. Um, so. So, yeah, I mean, it's it, it, again, it all comes back to the relationship. Um, it, it, that, and, and again, that relationship, the foundation of it all begins with being connected with God. You know, so uh, can you tell our, our listeners and your opinion, how does this book, Blessings in the Street, help you build that relationship with God and maintain uh, even when you're going through trials and tribulations? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think the way that the book helps is, again, it, it has to do with the fact that the stories that I share, um, they're all regular, everyday type stuff that people go through. And so that's what helps to make it relatable, um, you know, and that's what I wanted it to be. I, I, I tell the story in a way where I, I address 
everyday topics like, you know, you know, love, happiness, um, you know, grieving, um, you know, loss, um, you know, the, the gambit just goes on and on and on, um, you know, difficult, you know, challenging times financially. Uh, what does that look like? What does it look like when people that you thought were friends don't behave like don't don't behave friend like to you? You know, I think when you lay out in an authentic and and just uh, a relatable type of way to people, it helps them to make a connection because they can again, they can identify with that stuff, you know, and, and that's the that's the beauty of being transparent in your writing. And you and I talked about this a little bit in the green room where I said, I didn't want to write a book where I tried to create this fantasy world of of everything was just flawless and perfect and, you know, rainbows and stars in the sky. And it was just all wonderful thing. Nor did I want to write this book where everything was just miserable and dreary and like as if I was seeking a, a sympathy party or anything like that. I wanted to just keep it real. And so in doing so, um, when you read the stories and you understand about all of the relatable subject matter and things like that, just using our lives as the example of the stories, it gives people an opportunity to to not only connect, but to also see how God worked in the midst of all of that, um, how he got what looked like it was going to be an impossible situation to overcome, how you overcame it, how it looked like just when you were getting ready to be counted out. You know, we were at eight, nine, but you got back up. You know, it's the whole underdog scenario, you know, the whole comeback moment. You know, I'm a, I'm a big you know, people know me about movies. I, I, I've always been a Rocky fanatic, you know, watching all I could probably name, say most of the lines in, the, in all the movies. You know, I love the whole underdog thing. And that's sometimes that's how you feel like in life, you know, like you're the underdog, like, you know, nobody's there to support you. Nobody's there to have your back. But it's just something special about knowing when you know that God has your back and you and you truly believe it because you have a relationship with him and you've seen him make moves in your life that you can't explain. Like you can't put a, a scientific explanation to it. You can't, you can't create a formula for it that just, oh, this is, you know, two plus two is four. No, no, because God knows how to take zero plus zero and make it in a million. And, and, it, and it doesn't make sense, but that's how God is. He, he does things in such a way to where when you see it, you know it's him. When you experience it, you know it's him. And that's what the story does for you. It shares with you using real life stuff sharing with you how God has moved. Um, and it's not a, ooh, it's like a spooky type of thing. It's just, no, this is just what, how God is and that and why it's so important for you to make that connection. And I was very deliberate, even in the chapter headings that I created, you know, they align with what I refer to as the 12 steps of building and leveraging a relationship with God. You know, it takes you on that journey because it's a process. You don't just overnight become intimately connected with God. You know, we all are at different spaces and stages and places in that in that journey you just need to know where you are and what is required next of you to make it to that next level, to get a little bit closer, to get a little bit closer, to be more connected, more connected to eventually you get to the point where you completely surrender to God, where you basically, you know what, from here on out, I'm just letting it all out on the table and whatever God chooses for me, however he chooses to lead me, I'm just going to let him do his thing. And I'm no longer worried. I'm no longer stressed. I'm no longer panicking. I'm no longer filled with anxiety. I'm just going to let him do what he does because I know in the end, he's a sure bet. He's a sure bet to win. He's a sure bet for me to be victorious in life, no matter what. And and I'm going to be blessed as a result. So you're going to be blessed. And, you know, we'll hold that thought. We got to take a station break. But wow, this is so wonderful. This is so inspiring. This is also so uplifting. Yeah. So our viewers and listeners out there, if you want to be part of this great conversation, it's not too late. Pick up the phone, one 866 or go to the comments. Ask this great man any question that you might have. I promise you, I promise you, I'll get you. It's your life, and we'll see you shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity 
community of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Dr. James Cooley is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. Dr. Cooley is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, Dr. James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. And wow, uh, sometimes you can't put things in words because you feel the words and uh, without having to say it or anybody speaking that to you. And I, I believe that's God talking to us or this trance. I call it the download. Let's get into download. And what I'm going with this is that's what uh, Mr. Joseph B. Roberts is doing. He's giving us the download <laughs> uh, <laughs> on a lot. A lot of the stuff that we're talking about today. But before we start, I got to, I'd be remiss if I did not mention my book, uh, A Black Man Pondering Mind, Body, and Soul. Uh, been released almost five weeks, six weeks now. Number one bestseller, number one release. And, you know, A Black Man Pondering Mind, Body, and Soul. Uh, my book is about uh, the struggles of what uh, we had to go through through our ancestors, how to my generation, 400 years of slavery, 400 years of of being taken away from uh, our country and sent to foreign countries and how we endured those things. A lot of people are like, wow, that's just bad. It, It was bad. But the book also tells you how to learn to love, not hate, how not to live the past, but accept the future and just uh, forgiveness. It's all about forgiveness. It's a roadmap about love and, you know, I love everybody, black, white, green, purple, and gold. Doesn't matter. We love everybody. So you can pick up my book anywhere where books are sold, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, wherever, you know, so I want to get that out the way. Uh, Joseph, I want to get back to a couple of things that you said about uh, sometimes we feel like we're betrayed and we just want to give up. We're talking about God. Want to give up on uh, things, thinking that God might have forgotten about us. I know in your book, you talk about those things and uh, on your podcast, you talk about some of those things. Let's pick it up with that. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's a real talk when you can say, you know, when you go through some things, sometimes you do feel like not only that people around you have forgotten you, but it is possible for you to feel like as if God has neglected you. And I guess the reality that you, that we have to understand is that, you know, God never, of course, neglects us. He never forgets about us. Now, he will. There will be moments and times when God will have to isolate us. Um, I've gone through personally, I've gone through periods like that where God had to sort of put me to the side from everything else and everybody else. And when he did it, it didn't feel good. It didn't make me feel like, you know, sometimes, I, you know, I may have questioned sometimes, you know, does he still care about me? But what I what I again in my walk with Christ, what I've learned to understand is that in those moments of isolation, it's actually an opportunity for God to just have that one on one time with you where your mind is clear of the distractions, clear of everything else that you were given a lot of attention to. Sometimes he has to put us in that isolation moment where he, you know, he can really talk to us and where we can really take in what it is that he's trying to show us, what he's trying to reveal to us, the direction he wants us to go. And so anytime you find yourself in that such an isolation moment or just going through a difficult time, it's so important to not necessarily look at it as God picking on you, God forgetting about you, God mistreating you. 
it's 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 your spiritual workout. It's your it's your spiritual you know training program, if you will, um, where God has to tap into every spiritual muscle and being about you to prepare you for what He has in store for you. Because He, he what He doesn't want to do is He doesn't want to give you a bre- a blessing prematurely that you're not ready to receive. And so sometimes we have to go through challenging moments. And and again, those challenging moments don't always feel good. Sometimes those challenging moments involve death. Sometimes those challenging moments. Uh, involve loss. Uh, like I said, loss of a job, loss of something. Something has to be taken away from us. Something has to be stripped from us so that we get to a point of total surrender where we say, okay, Lord, I can't figure this out. I can't. There's not enough money in my account to pay my way out of it. There's not a phone call that I can make to talk my way out of it. There's nothing that I can do on my own strength and in my own being to do. So sometimes he has to break us down to that point so that we lean into him. And then that's when he says, "Okay, now that I have your attention, let me show you how we're going to leverage what you're going through. Let me show you what I can do, how I can take what you see as a loss, what the world would see is counting you out that you're you're done for. Let me show you how we're getting ready to flip this thing and I'm getting ready to catapult you, launch you into a new lane of blessings that you have no um, idea what's in store for you. But I have to take you through this process. I have to take you through this, this, this sharpening, this shaping, this molding, this tweaking, this modifying to get you ready and set for this moment that I have for you. And so that's why I tell people, don't, don't look at it as, you know, oh, you know, my life is just spiraling out of control. No, it doesn't necessarily mean that your life is spiraling out of control. It just means that God is, God is just working on you. He's working on you and you just got to ride out the process. Just know that you don't do it alone, that you have to do it with him. He's your best partner. He's going to help you navigate through the storm. See, if we go through the storm by ourselves, then yeah, it's going to hurt. It's going to, we're, we're at risk of being destroyed and consumed. But when he's walking through the storm with us, when we're locked arms with him, now he can, he can navigate us to the left, to the right. He can tell us when to duck, go up this way, that way. So when we come out, out of that storm, we come out stronger, we come out wiser, we come out even better than before. And over time, you get so good at it that you don't look like what you've been through. You get so you master it to the point to where people won't even know that you've been through anything unless you verbally tell them. You know, that's what you know, that's the true meaning of that saying, you know, I don't look like what I've been through. You know, that's when you really know that that's that you can speak that in truth because you have trusted God to navigate it. It wasn't something that you did in your own strength and your own abilities. You know, you allowed him to take the lead. And I promise I know I can speak for myself and I'm sure you can as a man of God. Anytime I've allowed God to take that lead and I took my hands off the wheel and let him do it again, he's undefeated. I've never, I can't, I can sit here all day trying to think of a time where he let me down and, and I'll still be sitting here without, a, without a response out of my mouth. When, when I let him take control of the situation is when I took control of, when I tried to do it my way or when I tried to change the plan up that, that, that that's when you get, you know, knocked in the head. That's when you get tripped up, you know, but when you, when you let it go, when you let him let go, let God, then now you got a whole different outcome and, and it's so much better. What you get out of it is so much uh, more refreshing, so much more fulfilling um, because he was behind it. And he adds that extra something to it that just makes it uh, phenomenal, um, mind blowing, unexplainable in human terms. Um, that's why he's God and God all by himself. So it's a process. It's a journey. And uh, but it's a necessary thing that you have to go through if you want to live the fullest and most impactful lives that we have to live because we were all created for a purpose. You know, but in order for us to identify what that true purpose is and in order for us to serve at the highest levels, we have to God has to be a part of it. He has to be in the mix of it. And you didn't hear me sit here and quote a whole bunch of Bible scriptures and all that. It's not about all of that. I mean, his word is his word. You need to spend time in it. You need to spend time in prayer. But ultimately, when we talk about faith, faith is not just trusting. Faith is also obedience. And a lot of times we leave the obedience part out of it. We just got to follow his lead. See, sometimes we go on these journeys that we're on. Yeah, we may not understand all the particulars of it. We may not understand why he chose me, why we got to do it this way, whatever. But guess what? I don't have to understand it. All I have to know is who's running the show. If I know that God is behind it, then I'm good. I don't have to know anything else. It doesn't have to. He could tell me, hop on one leg, put put one hand over my eye, (laughs) sing a nursery rhyme. If he told me to do it, he's orchestrated this. I'm good because it's he's directing you so I could trust it. It doesn't have to make sense to me. He, he makes sense to me. And that's, that's what makes it make sense because of who's leading the charge. So you're absolutely right. And just like Stacy said, you come out, you listen to God. He tell you what to do. You come out shining like gold. Mm-hmm. And also Alan here, 
Welcome to the show, Alan. All praises to the most high God that does everything. You know, so we're coming out to the last couple of minutes of the show. Uh, before we get too far into this, tell our viewers and our listeners uh, your book, the title of your book again, where they can get your book at, where they can tune into your podcast, because uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to be tuning in myself. So uh, can you share that with our viewers and our listeners? Absolutely. The book is Blessings in the Streets, When God Leverages Our Valley Experiences. And you can find it at blessingsinthestreets.com. That's where you can uh, purchase it. You can get an autographed copy of the book sent to you. Uh, as far as the podcast, uh, it's the Blessings in the Streets podcast. And that is uh, incorporated with my YouTube channel. That's that's the title of the YouTube channel, Blessings in the Streets podcast. You can you can Google it or go straight to YouTube and find it and subscribe and and like I said, right now we have um, there are episodes that are specific to the book. And I've just started the episodes where I'm doing my live interviews with people, people who are sharing inspiring and encouraging stories. Be, again, being very transparent, being very authentic, covering a gambit of topics and subject matter that are very relatable, everyday type stuff. Um, you know, so I encourage you to tune in, check it out. Um, you know, we just keep it real. We keep it light, you know, and, and I tell all my, my, uh, guests, you know, just speak that my only ask is that they speak from the heart. You know, we know technology is technology. So sometimes you have a little glitch, a little blurb there, but if that don't get you caught up, that I don't get you all bent out of shape and you just there for a powerful message and a powerful story, then tune in. I, I welcome you. I, I receive you. And even if you have a, an inspiring story yourself and you think that you'd like to possibly be on the be on the show, feel free to DM me. I'll be more than happy to talk to you about how to do that and be a guest on the show. So I, I welcome that. Welcome that. Hey, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on the James Cooley Show with your wife. You know you got an invitation to come back. You know, I like to thank uh, <laughs> Dr. Michelle Cooley for putting together another absolutely fantastic show. Most importantly, i like to thank my viewers and listeners for tuning in to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Thank, I want to thank my producer, Todd, and today, uh, Kevin, uh, for producing and putting out another absolutely fantastic show. I tell you, always dream big, think big, and be big at everything you do. We'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your life. See you then. Thanks for joining us for the James Cooley Show. It's your life. To learn more about Dr. James Cooley and how you can support the show or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been It's Your Life with Dr. James Cooley, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big in everything you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley.